You're listening to Creative God, a sermon series by Pastor Bay Allen. For those of you who are just joining us who haven't been here for the last few weeks, we're in the middle of a creation story um, experience, if you will. A series called Creative God, where the first week we looked at the the creation narrative in Genesis chapter 1. The second week we looked at the recreation narrative in John chapter 1 in the beginning, where we saw uh, at the beginning Jesus was. Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. Last week we looked at what it means for us as image bearers of the divine. We were created in the likeness of God. For us who bear the image of our creator, what it looks like for us to reflect God to the world, to be mirrors for God. And today we're going to move into our next step in this series. Uh, I encourage you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, where we're picking up in verse 5 through 8, where we read, Obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling and singleness of heart as you obey Christ. Not only while being watched and in order to please them, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Render service with enthusiasm as to the Lord and not to men and women, knowing that whatever good we do, we will receive the same again from the Lord, whether we are slaves or free. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, here's a paraphrase of this version, or another version, if you will, of this scripture that really hits it home a little bit differently for me. It starts, work hard, but not just to please your masters when they are watching, as those who have submitted to being followers of Christ do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Now, I know it's probably the number one thing that you want to hear about today. Work. It's the number one thing you want to hear about in the heat of summer, 90 degree days. The air conditioner is probably your best friend lately. You, you probably don't want to hear about work. But I mean, today's Sunday, the day of rest, the day of uh, focusing on God and focusing on the time that we have with our families and our friends. We don't want to talk about work. It's a day for baseball, hot dogs, anything but work. But I want to remind you to work hard, just as our scripture today reminds us to work hard. You know you work hard when you do it even when you don't want to. That kind of stuff you do even when you don't want to. Now, there are a lot of tough jobs out there, a lot of them, and there's been TV shows that kind of cover some of these tough jobs. Perhaps you've seen Dirty Jobs. Anyone seen that show? I like that show. That show cracks me up, to tell you the truth. Because you have a guy who has no experience whatsoever with this job. He doesn't have any proper training. He didn't go to college for it. He's just a normal guy who immerses himself, submits to being immersed into a job for a day or a week, however long it takes for this show to take place. It's hilarious. He takes on the dirtiest jobs ever. Pest control, waste management, (coughs) factory work, even making hot dogs. That we eat at ball games, you know, you name it, you'll see it on this show. But the thing that this show I find amazing isn't so much him, but it's the people that he comes alongside when he works. Because he comes along the side of people who do this dirty job in and out every day, 24-7, sometimes without even a day off. They do this job. And the amazing thing is they have a smile on their face. Some of them actually seem to enjoy these dirty jobs that they are doing. I say, how does that happen? 
I don't know about what the worst job you ever had was. Some are probably popping in your mind right now. I remember when I worked at a printing press where I had 12-hour swing shifts without a break. It was a pretty, pretty dirty job. I remember working in, a, in like a factory warehouse situation where I felt like someone who was crashing a wedding. Like everyone there was family members except for me. I didn't belong. Maybe you have a worse, a worse job than those that I've just mentioned. Those are some of the top of my bottom end of my resume. But today's scripture reminds us, work hard, but not just to please your masters when they are watching. As those who have submitted to being followers of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. So right out of the gate, we are reminded to work hard, even if it's dirty. Work hard. You know the difference between working hard and hardly working, right? If not, it's at least a good quip to throw at somebody else every now and then. Working hard, hardly working. Working hard means sweating. It means working even when the temperature is 90 degrees outside. Working hard means even when your muscles can't take another minute, you give it the other two hours that you have left on the time clock, right? Working hard. It means doing the job maybe no one else wants to do, and somehow you're smiling about it. Working hard, like a missing dwarf. Whistle while you work, right? Our God of creation, our Jesus of recreation, even the Apostle Paul here in this writing, wants us to work hard. When we work hard, it glorifies God. That's why we shouldn't grumble. We shouldn't grumble about the dirty jobs that that life tosses our way, but we should keep a a skip in our step. We We should keep that skip in our step because it glorifies God. Jesus said in John 17, 1 through 5, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. So there you see uh, John chapter 1 reiterated. God was at the beginning. God was with God at the beginning. God was God at the beginning. Work hard. Talking about dirty jobs, right? Jesus Christ, this is... This is written prior to the cross, but Jesus already knew what must be done. Jesus knew. It was already on the calendar of events to lay ahead. How would you like to keep that meeting, right? Go to cross. Sacrifice life. Jesus had to take on his back the sins of the world. Jesus, take note, never sinned. Jesus didn't have experience with sinning. Jesus didn't have a college degree or any professional training in sinning. (laughs) And just like watching that TV show, Jesus was a little bit out of his element on that cross. It was a bit overwhelming for him. It rocked his world. On the cross, Jesus experienced the dirtiest job this world has ever known. So that we don't have to. Work hard. Knowing that Christ already did the dirtiest job. Already took the worst of it. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus did the dirtiest job 
imaginable, taking on the sins of the world. So for us, let us work hard. Let us work hard, but not just to please our masters when they are watching. No, let's break down. This comes down to motive. What motivates you in the workplace? What causes you to work hard? I know there were times when I was younger, um, I would really put my best out there depending on who was walking by. If the boss was coming by, I would be like, hello there. Good to see you today. And then if a girl I really wanted a date happened to be by, I'd be in the movie theater. You remember me talking about that job I had when I was a kid. I'd be like uh, Spider-Man of the popcorn. I'd be like, looking all superhero. Or I thought that's why she didn't date me. But anyway, it, it's like, you know, you put your best out there. Depending on who's coming by. According to our scripture, that's not the right motivation. That's not the right motivation. Don't work hard just to please your boss or just to impress some girl with your popcorn skills. No. Do the will of God with all your heart. Now, some say this section of Scripture pertains to the work of the church. Pertains to doing missions work, outreach, something that is directly religious in nature. But my interpretation is this. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people, not just in the things of the church. In all things. All things. If you work this way just in the church, but not in all things, you're a hypocrite. Clear and simple. How does that glorify God if you don't put your best out there in all things? What does that tell others about how Christ followers are when they're not being watched? Work hard. The reason we're to work hard in all things is because once we follow Christ, we should be different. We should be. And it should show. Don't work hard to please people. I keep saying the same thing. That's the point of today's scripture. This is not a facade that we are putting up. And it may sound contrary to what many religious thinkers would have you to do, but hear this out. Don't work hard just to show people God either. That's not the motive to take. Not just to show people God. Don't work hard just to show others God. Work hard to show your love to God in everything that you do. By doing what you do for God and not for others, you remove a burden off your back. And you enter into authentic worship. This comes down to worship. This is how we were were created. We were created for worship. And last week I shared a video on Facebook. Some of you may have seen it. Some of you Facebookers. The Graham Kendrick video that I posted. Where he talked about um, why aren't people singing in church anymore? And one thing that he pointed out is that we have such a screen heavy society. Where everyone's got a screen in front of them 24-7. Whether it's a phone, a TV, you name it. That up here, this has become another screen. In the worship place. This has become a screen. Where people are receiving, but they're not, they're not offering up. It's different than it once was. And he goes on and on about this. It's an interesting video. If you get a chance, check it out. Uh, like it. Subscribe to his channel. I don't know. Um, but there was a nugget in there. I, I like the word nugget because my kids like nuggets. But anyway, there was this just nugget that I'm probably going to quote for the rest of my life. Don't come to worship. Come worshiping. That's motive. That's our motive. Do you see the difference? The motivation shift? Come worshiping. So when you work every day, all the time, 24-7 like a sheets or a 7-Eleven, when you are always working, 
with the only motivation being to show your God your love, your worship, the world will see God through your work, through your worship. Work becomes worship. And whatever you are doing, when you get that all twisted and work to let people see God through you, all they see is that you're showing them something. But when you focus on showing God your love, they take notice of that. They take notice of that in a different way. Hey, I'm going to tell you about a friend of mine who lives in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, this is one of his uh, pictures. He actually does a lot of street photography. Um, he loves going to big cities like New York. You name it. He goes for street photography. And what he does is he captures the moment. There's something to be said about going to a, a portrait studio and, and getting in a pre-positioned pose for them to take a picture of you and that you can have forever. But when you capture the moment as it is, I pray that happens for you, that when people look, they see you being authentic in your worship, wherever you are. It's not a prepositioned pose, but it is something that flows from within your body, from within your being. Let the world see you are so wrapped up in showing love to your God that you are putting your entire life on the altar all day, every single day. That will show them God. You don't have to try to show them God. They're, they're going to notice and they're going to say, who are they working for? I want to get a job over there. Is Jesus still hiring? I want to work over there. And when you fail, you will fail. But it's between you and God. You don't have to worry about all those people and what they think. As you work for God, you're going to have hurdles to overcome, but God will see you through. You will have battles to fight, but God will lead you to victory. You are victorious in Christ. Do not try to please people. It's the wrong motivation. Work for God. God forgives you when you mess up. Sometimes people, eh, not so much. And don't mess up just because you're forgiven. Step up because you're forgiven. Work your butt off for Christ. Work. Put it all out there. Get your mind out of going to church to worship. You can and should worship God everywhere that you go. You should come to church worshiping already. It's part of giving your best to God. Even in the midst of a dirty job. I'm going to close up. I've been talking for a while. Um, but I want you to take some things away. You know, you may be finding it hard to worship God in your dirty job. Maybe you have a dirty job right now. It could be God is calling you to a different job. Or it could be that God is working on your heart to find worship even in the midst of the storm. That's for you to discern. That's for you to pray about. Because God doesn't want you to hate your job. God wants you to worship wherever you are. Perhaps you need to ask for the peace of Christ to cover you in grace, to worship in the midst of the storm, even in the worst job you have ever placed on your resume. God has plans for us. Last week, Pastor Donna used the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. Many of us know this. She used it in the children's message. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. And a future. God has a plan for you. Do you believe it? Do you believe it, church? Turn to your neighbor and say, big plans. Big plans. Say, God has big plans for you.
Amen. Now, in closing, in the Old Testament, we see a story about a guy named Joseph. And some people from within our, our very church are going to be in this musical. They're doing it here in Rochester. Okay? I think my daughter's even in the choir, I think. She's still back and forth. on. No, you are? Yeah, she is. She's not in her head. <clears throat> but in the Old Testament, we see a story about a guy named Joey. Okay? And many of you know the story about Joey. Um, he had a coat of many colors. And his brothers get really jealous. They throw him in a well. They sell him to slave traders. Talk about a dirty job, right? He's in the midst of a slave job. You know, he does whatever he has to do out of fear, but he doesn't just do it out of fear. He works hard because he knows God. So he works hard in everything that he does, in all situations that he gets placed in. He doesn't work to please his masters, but they were pleased because he was working to please God. Okay? And then the time comes where he finally builds up a name for himself and he, 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 he kind of starts to make a name for himself and then he gets kind of lied about and he gets tossed in prison and now he's in another bad place. But he's still worshiping. He's still worshiping. He's still working hard with some of the gifts that have been given him. You see, Joey, he can interpret dreams. And there's these people in prison and they're like, you know, if only... I had this really weird dream last night. And he said, oh yeah, tell me about it. I can tell you what it means. So he tells him what it means. The guy goes and that, that he interpreted the dream for. He ends up going to work for the Pharaoh. The other one, not such a pleasant ending. But the one goes to work for the Pharaoh and he's like, you know, remember me? Well, he doesn't. He doesn't even like him on Facebook. And he goes about his life. And then Pharaoh, uh, he says, you know, I have this weird dream. Bring my wisest people towards me so that they can tell me what's going on. None of them can tell him anything. And this guy goes, oh yeah, where's that business card that dude gave me from prison? I know this guy who interprets dreams. Call him up here. So they call Joey up. He interprets Pharaoh's dreams. Pharaoh's blown away. So he puts him overseeing basically the entire resources of the entire country of Egypt. They're getting ready to have a famine. He's never had experience in this kind of job before. It might be a dirty job for him, but he worships. He does it well. He worships God through the situations that he's placed in. And because he works hard to please his God, not his Pharaoh, his Pharaoh makes out on the deal. His brothers and his family are saved and make out on the deal. You see what I'm saying? Work hard. The job that you do isn't your true job. The job you do isn't your true job. Take that away. It is not to please others, but to please God as an act of worship. Do all things as unto the Lord, we see in Colossians 3.23. Take that away. Your job you do isn't your true job. You're made to worship. Let the work of our hands be worship. I've met people working double shifts to, to get that car that they've always wanted or to go on that vacation that they've always dreamed of. They work really hard. For so many things. Work hard for God. Who did the dirtiest job imaginable. When he sent his son so that all who may believe on him may have eternal life. Would you pray with me? Dear God, we thank you for the dirty job that you entered into. So that we wouldn't have to. In the midst of wherever we find ourselves in a dirty job or or in the best of jobs. Lead us, guide us, direct us, search us, inspect us. 
Project us into this world to be the people that you would have us to be. Let us worship you in all circumstances. Let us sing your praises forever. For this is why we were made. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.